Prepare your heart to receive another powerful message by David Harabedian, recorded live. Tonight, we're going to talk about hearing God 25 different biblical ways. This is session three. Session three of hearing God 25 different biblical ways. Uh, Tammy, would you be so kind as to hand these out? These are the 25 different biblical ways in which God speaks. And there's one there. And there's also, Tammy will come around and hand those out. And I've got mine. So I want to start tonight's session by reading from the book of John. These are the words of Jesus. John chapter 10, Big John, St. John, the words of Jesus in John chapter 10, and I want to read verses 1 through 5, and then I want to focus in additionally on verse 27. So we're in John chapter 10, verses 1 through 5, and then we're going to fast forward to verse 27. Jesus said, verily, verily. When Jesus says verily, verily, it means truthfully, truthfully. Now, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So when he says truthfully, truthfully, he's saying this is really important. It's a law of double enunciation. Kind of like Simon, Simon. Verily, verily. Right? When God, when your mother calls you by your name twice, or she calls you by your first and your middle name, Jason David, you're like, okay, this is not a time for me to continue to play softball in the street with my friends. It's not a time for me to get one last text message in before I respond. This is a time for me to be ten hut. Attention. Yes, mom. Yes, dad. Jesus says, verily, verily. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. If you don't come by me, I'm the gatekeeper of heaven, I'm the one that's made it all possible. If you try to get in by some other way, and you can name any other way, because people say there's lots of ways to heaven. Jesus says you're a thief and a robber if you try to get in any other way. Don't argue with me. It's not my issue. It's the words of Jesus. Amen. But climbeth up some other way, the same as the thief and a robber. John 10, verse 2. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger, verse 5, they will not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of a stranger. Verse 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. The word know there is, deals with intimacy, spending time with Him. Mm -hmm. 
And they follow me. I'm just going to key in on verse 28. And Jesus says, And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Lynchpin verse, verse 30, I and my Father are one. Selah. Pause for reflection. Verse 31, Then the Jews took up stones to stone Him. Jesus said to them, answering them, Many good works have I showed you from My Father. For which of those works do you stone Me? The Jews answered and said to Him, For a good work we stone you not, but for blasphemy. Because thou, being a man, makest thyself God. It's a whole other message. We're talking about hearing the Master's voice. Why is it it is so important to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd? To hear the voice of Jesus? Because when you've heard the voice of Jesus, you've heard the Father. The Holy Spirit is the agent on the earth that lives in you and He lives in me. You have the ability by the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit never speaks of His own. He only speaks that which He hears. And Jesus is the voice you'll hear that represents the Father. Everything in the Old Testament, whether you think that God is an angry God in the Old Testament, when you read it in context, He's really not. There's a lot of grace in the Old Testament. Sin had to reach full measure before a fire indignation was poured out. But if you want to know the nature of the Father, it's revealed in the nature of the Son while He was on the earth. Did Jesus ever turn anyone away for healing when He was on the earth? Nobody. Only one! Matthew chapter 15. Yeah, it was a little bit of a trick question. It was a Gentile woman, wasn't under the covenant. She wasn't, a lost, she wasn't a lost house of the sheep of Israel. She did not qualify. She was outside the covenant. And it wasn't even for her. It was for her daughter who was grievously vexed with an evil spirit. Matthew 15, verse 22, reading on. And here's the point. We're talking about the character of the Father, the will of the Father, who the Father really is. It's revealed in the person of Jesus. And even though she was outside the covenant, she didn't qualify. She was a Gentile when she persevered and worshipped Jesus. He healed anyway. Never think that God is an angry God. Can I just say this? God is in a good mood tonight. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And He loves His sheep. Amen. He's not angry with you. Amen. And He wants to teach you and train you how to hear His voice because His sheep hear His voice. Whose voice? The voice of Jesus. time that Peter and John come by Him after the resurrection from the dead, the same man that was carried daily to the temple, it was his moment. But Peter and John had to do something. They heard in their spirit it was time. Everybody in town knew this guy. 
The priests knew him. They were getting a cut. They would take him to the temple. People would feel guilty. He would get the money. And for permission to sit at that location, they would get their cut. They were making money off of him. That's what religion does. It makes money off you. Relationship empowers you to come out of that thing. Come out of an entitlement mindset and come out of a giving mindset. God so loved the world that He gave. Mm. It's another message. So the Logos is the written Word, the living Word, but when it becomes quickened by the Holy Spirit, it's for you. And then if you'll apply it, manifestation will come. Earlier I shared an illustration about having a vision, taking the people there. I had to obey. I could have missed the day of visitation. And because there was a word, I obeyed, the people obeyed, we got there, the door opened up, they ministered the word. Hundreds of people's lives were impacted. But it all starts from a word from heaven. That's why it's so important to hear His voice. Well, David, is that the only way God speaks? Well, I'm glad you asked. He speaks in a variety of ways. He is not slack in the variety of ways in which he speaks. In fact, he doesn't just quick us, quicken us. And if you'll turn with me to Psalms 119, just to give some scriptural background here. And we are going to run through these. Psalms 119, verse 25, says, My soul cleaveth unto the dust, quicken thou me according to thy word. Verse 50. This is my comfort and my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. Have you ever been reading the Bible? You come across a passage of Scripture and all of a sudden you go from darkness to dawn in an instant because He made the word alive. You go into your prayer closet weak, beggarly, afraid. God speaks to you in the prayer closet. One word from heaven changes everything. You come out, everything's fine. Well, what changed? You just went into a closet. What changed for Superman when he was Clark Kent and he went into the phone booth? He heard from heaven! (laughs) It'll change you from a normal, everyday person into supernatural Christian because you're clothed with power because he's spoken. Now it's not you versus the world. It's you and God versus the world and God plus one is a majority. Verse 107. Psalms 119, 107. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according to Thy Word. God also speaks through the unction of the Holy Spirit. The unction of the Holy Spirit. The word unction is the word anointing. When He comes upon you, He anoints you. You'll have an inner anointing and all of a sudden you're just, you just know that you know that you know. Well, how do you know? I don't know, but I know. Well, what do you mean? Haven't you looked at the bills? Haven't you? I, I, I got all that. I, I've been dealing with that. But I got something on the inside of me. My knower knows. You're crazy. 
No, no, I've got the mind of Christ. You've lost your mind. You're right, I have. I've got His mind now. I know I've been changed. Angels in heaven done sign my name. I stepped in the waters. The waters was cold. Chilled my body but not my soul. How do you know you're changed with the water baptism? You've had an experience with the baptizer. You don't look any different. Oh, look in my eyes. Those devils are gone. But I still see them in yours. (laughs) Come on! In the name of Jesus. I know I've been changed. Angels in heaven done sign my name. When you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. Cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Read the Bible. And what will happen is you'll hear the voice of Jesus. And Jesus and the Father are one. Amen. The first way in which God speaks most commonly is He quickens us. And we're going to run through these 25 different ways tonight. And then in the following session, we're going to put some application to it. And you're going to learn not just academically the ways in which God speaks, but He's going to begin even at the end of tonight's session pouring out a visitation and tuning your ears to hear His voice in a newfound way. Amen? The first way he speaks to us is through the quickening of the written Word of God. The word quicken means to make alive. When you cut yourself to the quick, you cut it to the blood. The life is in the blood. It is where the life is at. So when he quickens a scripture to you, you're reading a scripture and something leaps off the page, that's God speaking. So the logos, or the written word, becomes Rhema, it becomes alive. But it only becomes manifested word when you step into the river. Give you the illustration. You can read in the Bible where it says, and Jesus said, stretch forth your withered hand. You can read it, it's truth, it's history, it's academic. And you can read right over it, it's a great story. But when you have a withered hand, and that story lines up with your story, because it's His story, right? All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit, you might have read that verse a dozen times, but today's your day. Now all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit won't let you pass that passage. And as you're reading that passage, your eyes just keep coming to it and it begins to burn within your spirit. And all of a sudden, the written becomes the speaking. It becomes alive. He quickens you according to His Word. But here's when it becomes manifested, when you begin to do what He's speaking. So you've got the written, the logos, the rhema, which makes it alive, and then you've got the action that you apply to it by a green on earth with the God in heaven that it might be done in earth as it is in heaven. Notice that Jesus required people to do things they could not do. Stretch forth your hand. But my hand is... Rise up and walk, but I'm crippled. And as they began to obey the word, the power of God hit them. 
Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And Peter took him by the hand and immediately strength came into his ankle bones. Why is it that Jesus walked by that man for three and a half years of ministry? Because the man was sitting in the gate beautiful. Matthew 26.55 says that I was with you daily teaching in the temple. Wait a second, Jesus, how do you get into the temple? Well, through the gate, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Who did you walk by for three and a half years? That same crippled man who was carried daily. You see how it wasn't the right timing, but in the moment, yeah. Jesus sent Peter and John at the hour of prayer. Say prayer. Prayer, prayer is the key. Yeah. And faith unlocks the door. Amen. So the first, 1 John 2.20 He speaks to us by the unction of the Holy Spirit. 1 John 2.20 But you have an unction. This is little John near the book of Revelation. But you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. Wait a second. How can you know all things? By the unction? What is the unction? The unction is the anointing. What is the anointing? It's God on flesh doing only what God can do. You have the mind of Christ. If you'll listen to it. Sometimes we've got to stop listening to everybody else's mind. And we've got to stop trying to give some people a piece of our mind. We don't need that portion of our mind. And they don't need it either. Can two fall in the ditch? Blind leading the blind? Worldly wisdom? Take it to the cross, crucify it, and get the mind of Christ. Pray through. Pray through your flesh. Pray through your soul. Pray through your natural reasoning and get in to the holy of holies where deep calleth unto deep and the noise of His waterspout, all the waves and billows of His presence wash over you. And you come out because you've been with the Prince of Peace. You've been with the wisdom of God. For Christ is the wisdom of God. Christ is the power of God. He is the love of God. And you come out of that prayer time and you know you've been changed. I know I've been changed. So, 1 John 2.20 says, it's the unction of the Holy Spirit within us that enables us to know all things. Now, what things do you know? Everything that you need to know in the moment. Mm -hmm. Do you know all languages? Well, if you're over in a nation and you need to know a language, He'll give it to you in that moment. Mm -hmm. Right? And if you don't, you won't even be able to pronounce taco burrito correctly. (laughs) Right? That's right, Taco Bell. The third way in which God speaks is perceiving. Turn with me to Acts 27.10. Acts chapter 27, Paul was headed out on a ship and he was a prisoner and he didn't have a choice as where he was going but he was trusting the Lord. Verse 27, Paul chapter 27 verse 10 and Paul said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage not only of the lading and the ship but also of our lives. So Paul wasn't reading the Bible. He wasn't reading the Old Testament. 
and says, hey, look, I just got quick into a scripture here. Um, so we really don't need to go on this joy voyage or journey because in Deuteronomy, this verse, it says this. No, he had a perceiving. He had an inward something. And there was a little bit more information with it. But what good did it do Paul in that moment? He's a prisoner and he's headed in like a lamb to the slaughter. He couldn't do anything with it, but it was his job to announce it. Why? Because God was going to use it later on. God was going to use it later on when they are in 14 days with fasting, no food, no water. They're being tossed in darkness at night. They've lost all their bearing. They don't know where they're at. They didn't have GPS. They're out in the middle of the deep. And that man would then come back and the next time Paul spoke, he would then know it was God because he knew Paul had history. He announced the thing before it happened. And it was all happening right then. But Paul had a messenger angel later on. He had a messenger angel later on. If you'll turn with me to verse 23 to 25. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. It's the second time he announces the thing. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. Notice he didn't say an angel of God. He said the angel. Whose I am and who I serve. See, the angel he served was Jesus. That's a whole other teaching, by the way, theophanies, Christophanies, pre-incarnate manifestations of Christ, the fourth man in the fire that looks like the Son of God. The angel, I am the commander of the Lord's host. Take off your shoes for you're standing on holy ground. We don't worship angels, but in this situation, it's the angel. Or the messenger is what the original Greek language is. Angelos. Could be human. Could that's another teaching. Okay. Stood by me. Fear, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all of them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told to me. But you must stay in the ship to be saved. So the point is this Paul had a perceiving which was a lower level revelation, wasn't it? Then he has a higher level. Revelation, which is a visitation of the angel of the Lord. And because those two revelations of God speaking, one, by the perceiving that there's problems with some details, to a messenger angel or the angel of the Lord in this situation saying, these are the instructions. You must stay in the ship to be saved. All 276 are going to be saved. This... Now, all of a sudden, he's no longer a prisoner who thinks, you know, there's going to be problems. Now, all of a sudden, he's a prophet that can help this man save his own life and everybody on the ship because they wanted to kill the prisoners. So sometimes you can be in a bad situation and because you're in the situation, you can save lives. My... My spiritual uncle, Danny Deaver, Paul Danny Deaver, played the piano. He could play for eight hours a day, concert piano, for two weeks with no music. 
and never play the same song twice. Phenomenal. He was in the Second World War and they would put him on the plane and he, you know, was part of the gunnership. And everybody knew if he had been picked to be on their plane, they would come back alive. Wow. Everybody would get shot down around him, their plane would make it through. He got sick one time and his crew was like, we can't go. And they were forced to go and they didn't come back. Wow. See, God will protect everyone around you sometimes wow. because of you and your relationship with Him. Now do you see why it's so important to be able to hear His voice? Yes. Do you see why it's so important to have intimate relationship yes. Yes. with the Lord? Yes. We're coming into some times when it's going to be important Man. to be able to hear His voice, to get advanced knowledge on what's getting ready to happen so you're not there when it happens and to pray for those that are. Yeah. For you to buy the right thing and store it so when that thing is rare but right now it's common and everybody else has bought everything else that's rare that'll be common and you can barter one for the other and you've got a supply of it and what they have, everybody's got a supply of. So now all of a sudden yours is worth ten times more and now all of a sudden you're in the economic season You've just had a 1,000% increase on the value. So it's not what you have in your hand. It's the wisdom on what you have with what you have and do what, what the Lord tells you to do. But are you hearing His voice? The fourth way in which God speaks, if you'll turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 12. And this is interesting. We always want God to speak in these dramatic supernatural ways. Those things where He speaks dramatically and supernaturally are rare. And when they come, they're not for your entertainment. I had a messenger angel come to me in 1990. He laid his hand on my thigh and he spoke 12 statements over my life. And the last words he spoke were, you must sing praises to the Lord for it is done, for it is done, for it is done. And I fell off into a peaceful sleep for about another hour and a half. And I was awakened by a voice of an angel saying, David, get up and write the angel's statement spoken over you down. And I got up and I grabbed my big pen in 105 degree weather in Leavenworth Penitentiary in Building 63 in a lockdown unit where I was safely tucked away in my relationship that was fresh with God. And with blotted big ink pen and legal pad, I wrote down the statements and I was able to write down five. And the other seven are sealed in my soul for a certain time while they be unlocked. Little did I know that I would later be sentenced to 22 years without the possibility of parole and end up doing 19 years, six months, a week, and a day in federal prison. I would lean on the words spoken over me by the angel that God had me write down. And see, I had peace in my soul after that angel spoke. And I obeyed those five statements while I was incarcerated. He said, you must study the Word of God day in and day out. Hallelujah. said, you're workers for the Lord. He was speaking to me and who was my co-defendant at the time. So I was getting a message for both of us. And we supernaturally were guided 
in who to speak with and everyone that God put in our cell came to Christ. With the exception of one Satanist who two years later wrote to my family and had made a profession for Christ. And the words that were spoken in that cell, and he was a tough cookie. I was a tough cookie. And God will give tough cookies to previously tough cookies. But my cookie crumbled before the altar of the Lord Jesus Christ. My point is this. God doesn't give you messenger angels for your entertainment. It's because there's rough sailing ahead. It's to strengthen you and to prepare you for what you're going through. Either that or you're in rough sailing and you need an intervention. You look at the passages of Scripture where angels visited people and spoke statements over their life. That's high-level revelation. And it's given to you because there's rough sailing ahead or you're in some rough sailing and it's to strengthen you in the midst of it to deliver you out of it. The still small voice. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 12. Let's just start in verse 9. God commissions Elijah, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 9. And Elijah came thither unto a cave. This is after his battle with a real nice gal by the name of Jezebel. 850 Baal prophets are just, you know, yeah, they needed to repent. (laughs) They might have been repenting while they were dying under the judgment sword. If so, we'll see them in heaven. If not, they'll be mysteriously absent. Anyway, so Elijah, who's a mighty man of God, mm-hmm. has just done this mighty confrontation with 850 false prophets of Baal and Ashtoreth. Fire falls from heaven. Mm-hmm. 850 of them are judged by the sword for leading Israel astray with their witchcraft and abominations. And the next thing you know, Jezebel, who's queen witch over all the warlocks and the false prophets, she releases a witchcraft attack against the mighty man of God. And he's hiding in a cave. What happened? Sometimes the anointing lifts and you're back to yourself. You're back to Clark Kent with some, something around your neck going, you know, I, I, somebody take this off. Then all of a sudden you get your strength back because of prayer, because of intimacy, because you've heard the voice of the Lord. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him. And he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? Are you sent or are you one who just went? God didn't tell him to go to the cave. Wow. God didn't tell Jonah to go in to buy a ticket to Tarshish. Sometimes prophets go the wrong direction, don't they? But good news. God will get you back on track. He has a way. Recalculating. Recalculating. He's got divine GPS. Make a U-turn as soon as possible. As my friend Lydia Lynn would say, you'll need to repent. You'll need to repent now. Repent means to turn around 180 degrees. Turn from where you're going and turn back to the Lord. Sent versus went. And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. Well, he got religious, didn't he? <laughs> Let me talk to you about my works, Lord. Let's not talk about my wrong direction. 
Let me talk to you about my, my commitment level. Adam, where art thou? How did you know you were naked? You didn't eat from that tree, did you? When God asks you a question, He's never seeking information. It's a teachable moment. One day the Lord said to me, David, how are men's souls saved? I thought, well, Romans 10, 9 and 10, you confess with your mouth, believe. And then I realized I'm speaking to the God of the universe. He's probably not looking for a theological instruction for my knowledge that I can espouse to him at this moment as a two-year-old Christian. He's still not looking for it as a 22-year-old Christian. And I said, I don't know. I got smart. I said, I don't know. How are men so saved? He said, it is the presence of God that convicts a man of his sin. The presence of God withdrawn means sin will remain. It changed my prayer life because I heard the voice of God. Instead of praying for somebody's salvation, I pray, God, I pray that you would save their soul and you would cover them with your manifest presence day and night. And every time they try to go sin, your presence would come upon them and convict them. Prayer insights come from hearing the voice of God. And the fruit of it is, when you pray like that, people get saved a whole lot quicker. Interesting, isn't it? The still small voice of God. Then he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. Although true, it wasn't a confession of faith, was it? He was in a pretty... Look, you can have a great moment on, on the battlefield with the powers of darkness. Mm-hmm. And a couple hours later when the anointing lifts and the enemy comes in like a flood after you, yeah. you've had it happen to you. Tell the truth. Shame the devil. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But here's what happened. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great strong wind rent the mountains. And broke it into pieces that the rocks fell before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. We're not looking for manifestation, we're looking for Him. Because when you've got Him, manifestations happen. But if you just got manifestation, the enemy could do that. Right? At Eagle Heart Fellowship, we welcome manifestation Amen. without weirdness. Amen. Is that a good balance? Amen. Manifestation without weirdness. Yes. Yes. No granola bar Christianity at Eagle Heart Fellowship. No flaky, fruity, or nutty. Okay? But the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, and the gospels preach unto the poor tumors shrink. And sometimes we even get gold, silver, and platinum fillings in our mouths. Save you a dental appointment. 
But we don't worship gold and silver fillings. We don't worship healings. We worship the Lord who heals. We worship the Lord who provides. We worship the Lord who convicts. We worship the Lord who saves. We worship the Lord who baptizes in the Holy Ghost. We don't worship tongues. We thank God who we worship who gave us that gift. Do you see the difference? Keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus. Keep looking at the sea walker and not the winds and the waves. After the wind, so also an earthquake, and the Lord was not in the earthquake. Verse 12, And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. Are you listening for the still, small voice of the Lord? Because one of the more common ways God speaks is the still, small voice. And it won't be with your voice inflection. It won't be with your husband or your wife's voice inflection. It will be with His voice inflection. And you'll get to know His voice when He speaks. And it will be personal to you. Your wife speaks differently to you than she does your friend. Because you're in intimacy. But you also recognize her voice when she's speaking to a friend. But if you get to know the Lord intimately, He'll speak to you in ways that you'll know His voice amidst all the other voices of the world. And people will say, how do you know it was God? Because I know. And you won't be prideful about it. You'll just say, I know. You will see it come to pass or the Lord has not spoken through me. The still small voice of the Lord. That is the fourth way in which God speaks. Bearing witness with our spirits. Romans 8.16 Romans 8.16 Is this helpful tonight? Because we are learning to hear the shepherd's voice. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open, I will come in and we'll have a table of peace together. How did you get saved? You heard him knocking on the door of your heart. How did you get saved? You put action by opening the door to your heart and inviting him in. You turned from your sin. You turned from the Lord. You said, Here I am, Lord. Don't get angry with people who can't hear the Lord's voice. Start praying the presence of God on them. If I was on the third floor in the corner by the window in this hotel room, in this hotel, and I was preaching tonight just with the same loud voice that I have here, but I was two floors up and off in the corner, would you hear me? Most likely not. I might speak louder though. Sometimes we're not hearing the voice of the Lord because we're not positioned in the room with Him. Sometimes we need to get alone with the Lord to be able to hear His voice because all the other voices of the world are clamoring for your attention. The voice of your flesh speaks loudly. Pizza! Pizza! Cheesecake! Cheesecake! Praise the Lord, we're taking up A cheesecake factory offering tonight. Okay, that is not the Lord. It's the flesh. 
It was a good idea though, but not a God idea. <laughs> Are we keeping it real? Yeah. yeah. You ever want to call fire from heaven on somebody? <laughs> Jesus says, you know not what manner of spirit you're of. See, Elijah had a dispensation of grace to do that. The disciples wanted to do it in Samaria because they received not, right? And he says, that's Luke 9.62, I think. You know not what manner of spirit you're of. In other words, you're not hearing from the Lord just because you're quoting an Old Testament passage of a prophet. That's not what God's doing in this season. And when you try to take a square peg and put it in a round hole, it does not work. You have to have a perfect fit. So the word has to fit the situation of what the Lord is doing. And that only comes by knowing what the Lord is doing. John 5.19 Jesus says, I never do anything of my own. I only do the things which I see my Father doing, the things that the Father does, the Son does likewise. Are you seeing what He's doing in heaven and playing it out on the earth? Say, Lord, increase my vision. Elevate my thinking. Let me see what your plans are. That I might play it out. In earth. As it is in heaven. Amen. So bearing witness with our spirits, Romans 8.16. For the Spirit Himself beareth witness, where? With our spirits, that we are the children of God. How do you know you're saved? Your spirit bears witness. Well, you did this today. I know, and that's wrong. I'm convicted by the same Spirit that bears witness that I'm still saved. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh-huh, I know I've been changed. <laughs> Angels in heaven done sign my name. Job 35.10 Songs in the night. Have you ever been awakened at night where he sings you to sleep or he wakes you and all of a sudden you wake up with a song in the night? And it deals with what's getting ready to happen the next day, but you don't know it. Sometimes it's a warfare song. Sometimes it's a peace song. You know what he used to sing to me? What's that? <laughs> getting ready to confess. Things would be happening. I'd be winning legal cases. I'd be on the cutting edge. Signs and wonders would be happening. And he'd sing, Humble thyself in the sight of the Lord. Humble thyself in the sight of the Lord and He shall lift you up higher and higher and He... See, sometimes we can get a little puffed up over some little stuff. Is that being honest? So sometimes when you hear a song in the Spirit, it's to pull you out of condemnation. Other times you'll hear a song in the Spirit to pull you back into humility. Is that keeping it real? Humble thyself. And you know what he used to speak to me when I'd whine about things? The first time he spoke it to me, you know, because some, some not-so-nice things happened to me while I was going through prison and doing all that time. And when I say not-so-nice things, I had some guards that weren't the most polite. I had the religious spirit that kind of came against the work of the Lord. It just, you know, 20 years you have some things that aren't so nice, even when you're not in prison. Right? Right. And so I would say, you know, I can't believe I just lost this appeal. All my co-defendants are out and off paper and I've done more time than all of them combined. If you've run with men and they've wearied thee, how will you ever contend against horses? And that's in the Word. But he spoke it to me in the still small voice, but it lined up with Scripture and it's Jeremiah. And Jeremiah's whining. 
<laughs> and God says, if you run with men and they've wearied thee, I've called you to something much higher. Get over it. Pull yourself up by the bootstraps. I've called you to run with horses, not just with men. If you can't handle that, how am I ever going to promote you? It would get to the point I'd be going through a bad time. He wouldn't say the whole thing. He'd say, if you've run with men. You know how you can get to know somebody for a while? And you said something to him one time, you don't have to tell him the whole thing, you just say one thing to him. Sometimes you just look. That's enough. I would start to whine and I would just feel the look. Be like, yes, Lord, you called me to contend against horses. I'm going to shake myself off. Take these serpents back into the fire. Thank you for the opportunity to serve. Ah. I know I've been changed. Angels in heaven done sign my name. First Samuel 30 verse 6. You got to strengthen yourself. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Sometimes there's no one around to do it. And when there's no one around to do it, and you don't have it in yourself, and the devil's encroaching on you because he sees you in a weak moment, mm. God will speak. Yes, he or he'll send an angel. But he'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you. In our ears we wake in the morning, Isaiah 50 verse 4. My goodness. As we sleep in the night, Job 33 16. I just want to turn to a couple of these real quick and then we're going to fly through some of these. Because it is my job to break the rock of revelation over your minds and hearts from the pulpit. It is your job to go search the scriptures to see if these things are so. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15 It is your job to not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed through the renewing of your mind that you might know what is that good and well-pleasing and perfect will of God. It is my job as a teacher to equip you. It is your job to learn how to use the equipment. You've got to walk this thing out. Don't get a personal trainer one day a week and think you're going to be Johnny Atlas. A personal trainer will help you one day a week, but you've got to do the other five days a week. You've got to have a day of rest, by the way. Israel had to gather their own manna six days a week. And on the seventh day they rested because they had a double portion. You gather the word on your own six days a week and then you come once and get fed. Do you see the balance? The reason most Christians lack spiritual strength or look anemic or when they try to cast out the devil, the devil laughs at them is because they only work out one day a week and when they go to church they only get a Scooby snack. Go where you're getting fed. Get a big fish. Chew on it all week. Go break that thing down. And if there's some bones in it, don't get mad at the preacher. Maybe he's not perfect. Eat the chicken, spit up the bones. Don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. When you hear a message from the pulpit, are you looking for God in the midst of the message in His Word? Are you looking for the error? Yeah. 
Because you're going to find whatever you're looking for. And if you're looking for error all the time, you need a spirit of wrong focus cast off of you because it's blocked you from receiving from God. If I handed you a bar of gold that was only 70% pure, you'd take it and be happy. But a preacher says 99 things that are perfect. He says one that's wrong. You throw out the whole thing and then curse him. And walk home with your bar of gold that's only... And then stop by and get some Kentucky Fried Chicken and spit up those bones. Grab some grapes, eat those, spit up the seeds. You eat fish at the restaurant, spit up the bones. It doesn't make sense. That's good preaching. Okay. Are you leaning into God? Or are you leaning away? Because when you're leaning in, you'll hear His voice. When you're leaning away, He'll speak and you'll say it wasn't God. See, the gifts of the Spirit are always moving. We're just not in the Spirit to move in them. I'm going to repeat that. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are always moving. God's always wanting to move. There's a world going to hell. You think He doesn't want to move in their lives? You think Jesus died on the cross in vain? Give the Lamb the just recompense of His reward for the work on the cross because He sojourned in the earth and died for them too. What is He speaking to you about them to reach one hand into heaven and one hand into the earth to bring the chasm together that heaven might kiss earth. But are you hearing His voice? Or are you following another that's telling you to do nothing? People will be judged on the day for the sin of omission worse than the sin of commission. I didn't smoke, I didn't drink, I didn't chew, I didn't go with girls who do. Well, God bless you, brother. Did you win anybody to Christ? You got in alone. Wow. He died for you and you got in alone. Congratulations. Boy, that's something to think about, isn't it? But your neighbor went to hell. They're cursing you in hell. Some Christian they were didn't even tell me about the gospel. Well, of course I didn't tell them. They smoked, they drank, they chewed. I didn't want to defile myself. Somebody defiled themselves to get to you. Somebody took a risk. You know why people hated shepherds? Because they smelled like the sheep. You know a good pastor? He'll roll up his sleeves and he'll risk smelling like the sheep. He'll risk getting dirty. And when one of them's in trouble, he'll go into that drug house and pull them out. Yes, he will. But the religious folks will be like, you see so-and-so down at the drug house last night? <laughs> yeah, we need to pray for him. He's backslidden. I always knew it was, he was a smoker. You hear about the guy who comes new in town? He comes new into the small town. He attends the church. And he parks his pickup truck. And it, 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 it dies. Well, it's in front of the bar, and before he can get service, it's the next morning. Okay, so there's his pickup truck parked out. Well, he's not in the bar. But one of the 
30 year standing members of the church. <laughs> she saw his pickup truck and she knew it was her job through the gift of discerning of gossip, oh, dis yeah. dissemination of gossip, I think that's a gift. Yeah. Sister Nosy, she went and told other people, I'm only telling for prayer purposes. And so somebody came and asked him, I know you're new in town, but you know, our, our, our congregation, you know, we, we don't participate in, in alcohol use. And he said, oh, okay, that's fine. He says, uh, what's that have to do with, with me? Well, it was reported that your truck was parked late at night outside our local bar. Right. And he said, oh, yeah, he says, my, my vehicle, ran you know, out ran out. And I was able, unable to get service until the next day. He says, uh, Joe went ahead and helped and got me fixed up. And he said, uh oh, he says, well, he says, you know, Sister Nosy, with her gift of dissemination of gossip, <laughs> she has told everybody in the church what she saw. Mm -hmm. He says, are you going to address that with her? He says, no, not at all. He says, you're not? He says, no. He says, but I do know what will be done. The next night, 10 o'clock at night when Sister Nosy was asleep, he drove his truck right in front of her house Parked it there all night. At 5 a.m. he got in and drove off. You will reap what you sow! Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness lest you too be tempted. Visions, John 5.19, Daniel 4.5, Acts 10.10. God speaks in visions. And you'll need interpretation of the vision, you'll need application. Visions and dreams, or revelation, needs three components. Revelation, is it God? If so, move forward. If it's not God, put it on the shelf or discard it. If you're not sure if it's God, put it on the shelf. God will confirm it. If you know it's not God, get rid of it and don't even talk about it. Right? Amen. Once you have determined that it's God and not too much pizza and ice cream and anchovies before you went to bed, okay. how many of us have had pizza or food dreams? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Those are not prophetic. They're just, you ate too much before you went to bed. <laughs> your body was processing. Your body was saying, stop doing that to me. And you're saying, but you asked for the food. Yeah, but you're supposed to be the master. <laughs> you made me the master. I'm punishing you all night. Okay, that's another thing. When a vision comes, you have to say, is this God? Is it my flesh? Is it the devil? Is it too much pizza and ice cream before bed? If it's God, we move into the second component, which is interpretation. What does this mean? Revelation, first. Interpretation, second. And application, what do we do with this? How do we apply it? Number three. Quick illustration. Man is praying for another man. He sees a candle burning brightly over his head. He says, hmm, the candle of the Lord is a spirit in man. He's trying to tie scripture, but nothing's bearing witness with his spirit. So this is what he says. Instead of being a one-man evangelizing prophet, evangelist, apostle, teacher, all rolled into one in the moment, he humbles himself and he says, you know what? I think I'm seeing a vision and I don't understand it. 
Hey, isn't that simple just to tell somebody else within the body of Christ that you don't know it all? Right. Humble thyself in the sight of... See, that song's for you too. <laughs> and this is what he said. He said, I see a candle burning brightly over your head. I don't know what it means. The man starts to jump and shout, Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! I'm supposed to take the job at the candle factory. <laughs> Who could have possibly known? <laughs> But do you see how he could have misinterpreted and misapplied the verse by quoting a bunch of verses to support his revelation that didn't have a hill of beans of a difference? Amen. Just give them what you've got. They have the Holy Spirit too. Amen. Let them get interpretation. Let somebody else get application. Let it be the body of Christ that looks to Jesus who's the author and finisher of our faith. Amen. The gifts edify, they build up, they strengthen one another. They don't create big eyes and little use. Amen? Amen. In dreams, Acts 2.17, in the last days God will pour out His Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will dream dreams, your old men will see visions. Even on my men servants and maid servants in those days I will pour out my Spirit, saith the Lord, and you will prophesy. Amen. How do you prophesy? By seeing something, by hearing something. Mm -hmm. What is prophecy? Prophecy is simply this. Hearing from God mm -hmm. and communicating that Hallelujah. to man. Hearing not just the mind of the Father, but the heart of the Father. So when you have a dream or a vision of somebody in a car accident that you don't like, it's not God telling you, I'm finally taking them out for you. That's not his heart. He has no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that the wicked repent. One time, there was a guy I really didn't like in prison. And I had a dream he had a heart attack. And I mean, this guy was a bad, bad guy. And I was so happy that he was finally going to go. I'm just telling the truth, okay? I know that you don't have anybody in your life like that. Okay? And I'm thinking to myself, He's going home. And the Lord wasn't showing me that to announce His demise. The Lord was looking for one who would stand in the gap to make up the hedge that He would not have to destroy the land because as vile as that guy was, Jesus died for him too. You get saved a few years and you forget how vile you were. And so finally I had to repent after the second dream and I had to begin to intercede and get on my knees and pray that God would not allow this man to die in his sins, but rather that he would repent. Amen. So God shows you revelation not for you to announce the judgment, more so He shows you the revelation so you can intercede against the judgment. Does that make sense? Stop prophesying the devil's plans onto people's lives and calling it God. Amen. Wake up, people. God so loved the world. Jesus said on the cross, forgive them. They know not what, what they, do. they do. Stephen, when he was getting stoned, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And Jesus got up at the right hand of the throne. He got him off his throne. He was so moved by Stephen saying, that's the same thing, Dad. I said on the cross, this is great. There's so much of me in him. Let's take him home. 
Let's give him his reward. And I want to answer his prayer. I'll be meeting Saul on the road to Damascus next week. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, if you pray prayers like that, where you forgive your enemies and bless those who curse you and pray for those who despitefully use you, like a guy by the name of Jesus taught us, and we put it into practice, the world's not going to go to hell without a Savior. Because they're going to meet the Savior showing up with skin on through your life. Glimpses in the Spirit. John 5.19 Jesus never did anything of His own, only that which He saw. Sometimes you'll see a glimpse in the Spirit. I'll be driving down the road and you'll just suddenly see something. I'll be praying with somebody over the phone and all of a sudden I'll just see a glimpse. It's like a little film clip. Mm -hmm. Like you just see an image of it. Like if you were watching TV and they flashed something up on the screen for a second they took it down you would remember the image. And you could focus in on that. And sometimes you'll be praying and God will show you an image. He'll show you a glimpse or a film clip. And you can then interpret and apply what that is. A lot of times I'll see glimpses in the Spirit. One time I was driving to Montague, Michigan with Dan Bowler. We talked about this today. And we're driving and we're going to preach the Gospel. And this was kind of a, an unusual experience because we're driving, I'm in his van and we've got all the ministry stuff in back and we're you know, going, Michigan's a long drive by the way. I didn't realize it was that long when the Lord told me, tell Dan you're to drive. Had I researched this thing, I would have said I rebuke you Satan, we're flying. <laughs> Dan just recently asked me, he says you want to drive back up there? I said I think the Lord's telling us to fly. <laughs> He laughed. He said, well, we need to bring some ministry materials up there. I said, they can buy them online. <laughs> so we're driving, and I mean, you talk about, you know, there are circumstances that present themselves that are natural laws that you can't really avoid. I mean, sometimes there's a rainstorm. Sometimes this happens, and sometimes that happens. But I mean, we had opposition. And at one point, and I'm going to share this because we laughed about it this morning. I'm driving the van. I'm about eight hours in. And this tree truck comes in the right lane by us. And when you're on federal parole, you, you drive the speed limit. Amen. Okay? Just, just telling the truth. Okay? Some people call me grandma. Grandpa. Right? Anyway, so I'm driving the speed limit. So I do what's what I do. And this other law violator he's doing five miles over on his way to hell <laughs> so you can't judge other people either you know because they got their own thing so anyway this, this tree truck goes by and it was like I saw it it was like a um it was almost like a Freddy Krueger looking guy. Oh man. Now I haven't watched any, you know, weird movies like that, you know, scary movies. But he I, I saw him. He was he was he was a demon, man type, I don't know what he was, but he literally like jumped and appeared on the back of this tree truck. And I'm looking, I'm going, Am I seeing this? Oh they went. Yeah, and I'm seeing in the glimpse of the spirit, and you could see him, but he couldn't see him, and he like crawled up. And he looked back and he kind of smiled at me. Oh my like, ha, 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 ha. And he reached over and he grabbed this metal rake where you would rake. And he went over and he literally picked it up and threw it. 
right off the tree truck. And it comes bouncing into our lane. Now because I saw in the Spirit, yeah, yeah. this metal rake that's bouncing and the prongs are up, right? I'm looking in my left mirror to see if there's anybody in that lane. I'm looking in my right mirror. There's somebody in this lane. And I'm like, okay. So I kind of move over just gently. And I go around it and miss it by about this. Now, I don't know what happened to the people behind me. Jesus. And Dan is going, the devil's trying to kill us, isn't he? I said, yeah, we must be having some really good services coming up, Dan. And we just kept on driving. You know, but if you're not recognizing things in the Spirit and you're in the ministry, whatever the level of the fruit is that you're going in to take the land, you'll get taken out before you get there. So anyway, we don't make this stuff up. There's so much crazy stuff that happens, you don't have to make anything up. Matter of fact, we've got to dumb a lot of this stuff down so people don't think we're too weird. But my job is to equip you so you can experience it too so I'll have some friends. Trances. Peter received a trance on the roof in Acts chapter 10 verse 10 through messenger angels like I had in that prison cell. Visitations of the Lord. I've had Jesus appear to me in a prison cell. He appeared to me on three different occasions. But the first time He appeared, He appeared in front of two other people. I wasn't alone. And He stayed and He didn't speak. The second time He appeared, He appeared in a vision. He put His hand on my shoulder. And he opened the Bible to Luke chapter 5. And he said, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And Luke chapter 5 is the story of Jesus calling the disciples, the fishermen, into discipleship. And I thought, I'm a sinful man, Lord. And from that moment on, the spirit of evangelism came on me by the Holy Ghost. And everybody that was put in my cell except that Satanist came to Christ. I only knew three verses. It's all you need. If you're anointed, if you're not anointed, you can have 300 verses. They won't work. It's dead. Get delivered from the spirit of the Pharisee. Get three verses that work. Instead of 300 that just drive people deeper into dead religion. And drive them from Christ under the auspices of, I don't drink or smoke or chew. <laughs> I'd rather have somebody come to me David I'm struggling with this how many people you led to Christ? nine mm-hmm. when? this week but I'm struggling versus I don't do anything wrong how many you led to Christ? None. I don't do anything wrong <laughs> do you do anything right? <laughs> okay visitations of the Lord through signs and wonders God will speak through signs and wonders to get people's attention I love it in the marketplace when I run into somebody who's got you know herniated discs or shoulder separated or whatever because that's kind of like you know my area of stuff like people like walking by and I'll be like I'll get like a I want to jump and go lay hands on them right blind eyes I'll be like man they need to see a doctor Somebody will say, David, will you pray for... I'm, yeah, I can. You know, Jesus lives in me. We'll, we'll do it. Bax is like, get over here. Take authority over that thing. Now get up and stomp on that ankle. I've got 26 broken bones. I don't care. Stomp on it. Oh my God, the pain is gone. Right? I just have like the gift of faith in that area. 
Okay, through signs and wonders, you want to know the quickest way to get somebody saved? Get them healed. Yeah. And that sign or wonder will let them know that Jesus is raised from the dead and they'll say, I want Him too. Right. Through our five spiritual senses. Hmm. I'm going to come back to those. Five spiritual senses. Spiritual sight. Spiritual hearing. Spiritual touch. Spiritual taste. And spiritual smell. I'm going to come back to those. We hear incompletely, 1 Corinthians 13, 9. Now we know in part and we prophesy in part. Sometimes you don't hear the whole thing. And guess what? That's okay because God's drawing you back in. Why does God speak to you in dreams and visions of the night? Because he's starved for fellowship sometimes and you won't talk to him during the day. I'm going to tell you what. I receive more dreams at night when I don't talk to him in the day so that I'll have to go to him during the day because he loves intimacy to find out what he meant in the dream. Yeah. When I was younger in the Lord, I got more dreams and visions at night. Now I'm older, I get, them during, I get visions during the day or I hear his voice. Okay. But he so longs to fellowship with you because he is the shepherd and you are the sheep. We hear incomplete through dark speech, Numbers 12.8. I just want to turn there real quick. Do you guys have the strength to go on? Because the mind can only receive what the bottom can endure. <laughs> Numbers 12.8. And most of these are from the King James Version. They're in the other versions as well, but they're different wording. Like instead of unction, it'll be anointing. Or instead of still small voice, it will use something else. But the King James is very sharp when it comes to things of the Spirit. You can get saved on any version. You can grow on any version. And I'm not advocating that the King James is the only version. It's one of my ten most favorite versions. Okay. Okay, ponder that. Um, verse 6. Numbers 12, 6 through 8. And he said, Hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I the Lord will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak to him in a dream. Verse 7. My servant Moses is not so who is faithful in all my house. With him I speak mouth to mouth. He hears God audibly. Okay. How do you think he wrote the Ten Commandments? The 613 Levitical Laws. My servant Moses is not so who is faithful in all my house. With him I speak mouth to mouth even apparently and not in dark speeches. Dark speeches is you don't really know what he's saying. You have to seek him for more clarity. You get a little piece of it. You hear incompletely. Dark speeches and the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? The point is this. Moses heard at a different level than the other prophets heard at. And you can get around some people and they get visitations of the Lord. And I'll be like, I've had one of those. I've had one like that, but I haven't had one in the last 10 years. When do I get one? Well, they're not for your entertainment. Be careful what you ask for. But I'm encouraging you to ask. Amen? So, audible voice there. Let's see. We hear a completely dark speech. We don't hear, but the Spirit intercedes for us. Romans 8.26 We don't know what to pray for as we ought, but the Holy Spirit prays for us or intercedes for us with groanings that words cannot express. Sometimes the Spirit of God will you. You'll be in your prayer closet you'll just be groaning. Other times you just pray in tongues. You'll burst off in tongues. You don't know what to pray for as you ought. Yeah, yeah. Through interpretation of tongues, ours or others, God will speak. We were just at a prophetic panel. 
Tongues and interpretation of tongues was so accurate there. It's the cleanest operation of the gifts of the Spirit I've seen since I was in a cell in Leavenworth Penitentiary when Jesus was there and we had five hours of tongues with interpretation of tongues. The mind of Christ, the glory of God was there. This, this panel is so accurate. One will get up and they'll speak in an unknown tongue with facial expressions the whole nine yards. The other person will start to laugh. They'll get up and they'll do the same thing in English. It'll be perfect and all the, everything is identical. Wow. And they'll have probably a half a dozen tongues uh, during you know, the group of sessions. And it's just wonderful because it's always something that lines up with Scripture. It encourages people. It lines up with the teaching that's being given. And if you've never seen that, we're going to start operating in it more here. I declare that tonight in the name of Jesus because it's available to the body of Christ. Um, through interpretation of tongues, the audible voice of God. We just talked about that. You'll hear a voice that says, here's the way, walk ye in it. Isaiah 30, 21. Through animals. God speaks through animals. Okay. David, you're weird. Well, let's go back to the Bible. Did God speak through a donkey? To Balaam? Yes, He did. So God had to rebuke a prophet through the mouth of a donkey. And guess what? God's rebuked me through the mouths of some donkeys too. <laughs> And if God can use a donkey, yeah. He can use me. Because I've been that donkey He's used before also. So some of the most animalistic people may be used of the Lord to speak to you in a moment. Listen for the voice within their voice and don't discount the voice of God speaking through them at any time, even if they are a dumb donkey to you. And if God's got to speak to you through a real animal, it's because you are way off course. <laughs> Through other people, Proverbs 15.23. In response to our own idols, Ezekiel 14, verses 1 through 4. He will speak to us through our own idols and allow us to be deceived because we want to be. Okay. Okay. And through false prophets to test us, Deuteronomy 13, 1 through 5. We're going to close with this one. Has this been fun tonight? Yes. yes. Go home and study to see if these things are so. If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dream, Deuteronomy 13, uh, and giveth thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or wonder come to pass whereof he spoke unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean go after other gods? What about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? What about the God of the Bible? Oh no, we're going to go after some other gods. We're going to worship angels. No, we don't worship angels. We worship Jesus. We worship the Father. Well, there's some other things that we should work. Let us go after other gods which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear Him and keep His commandments and obey His voice and you shall serve him and cleave unto him. And that prophet or dreamer of dreams, well, Old Testament, you're supposed to whack him, put him to death. But under the New Testament, we don't kill prophets. We let the Lord deal with that. Okay? And we pray that they repent. So here's the point. There's 25 ways in which God speaks. He also speaks in riddles. Conundrums. He loves to have fun because God doesn't hide things from us. He hides things for us that we might find them. He doesn't hide gold in the earth from us. He hides gold for us 
that we might find it. For it is the glory of God to conceal a thing. It's the glory of kings to search out a thing. Are you a king? If so, you'll be searching out the riches of the gold and the silver and the diamonds and precious metals and rubies in the Word of God and you will have the most exciting time in the Lord. Will you make some mistakes? Hmm. From personal experience, I can say that you might. I was sharing with my dad the other day. I said, Dad, there's only two perfect. Me and thee. <laughs> and lately, I've been wondering a little about thee. <laughs> We're going to make some mistakes. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. So when somebody comes up to you and says, I sense I have a word for you, give them liberty. Don't give them death. And give them liberty to grow. If you always had to hit every basket in an NBA game, had to hit the basket perfectly every time you shot in the NBA, or every time you swung the bat perfectly, if you had to hit the ball every time, and you could never risk striking out, you would never get anywhere because you'd be too afraid to do it. Now, when a person continually strikes out, they need to be pulled aside and taught and nurtured in love. We want to have an environment where there's liberty to make mistakes, but also liberty to correct those mistakes so that we grow from lambs into sheep. Does that make sense? Okay. So, we're going to begin to grow more and more in the Lord. Amen? Amen. And these 25 ways, biblical ways, in which God speaks, emphasize biblical ways in which God speaks, is not all the ways in the Bible that He speaks. There's more. And if you search the Scriptures, He'll reveal more. Not just academically, but experientially. And you'll begin to experience the intimacy of the Lord calling you in to a deeper place with Him so that you can hear not just His voice, but His heart. In closing, I want to share this. When you communicate a prophetic word or God speaking to somebody, make sure you do it with a servant's heart not with an angry prophet's finger. Because God always speaks with hope to restore such a one in a spirit of meekness, lest you too be tempted. And remember this, whatever measure you measure it with to somebody else, you'll get it measured back to you. So when you go to deliver that word, picture in your mind how would you want to receive that word. A lot of times people think that people don't receive the word of the Lord because they're rebellious. A lot of times they don't receive it because it wasn't delivered in a right spirit. So do everything you can do to do it in a right spirit. And one final thing. If somebody comes to you with a wrong spirit but the word is right, reject the spirit and receive the word. That's maturity. Amen? Let us stand. Praise the Lord, yes. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you right now that there's a variety of ways in which you speak. 
that you're not limited, God. That you move in our lives with your still small voice. We declare that you are our shepherd. You are the shepherd of the sheep. And we hear your voice and we will not follow another. And so I declare right now the spirit of impartation to hear the voice of the Lord comes upon everyone within the sound of my voice. Lord, as your servant, I declare the hearing ear to come upon every person here. And I declare their spirit comes to the forefront. Spirits come to the forefront for those that worship Him. Must worship in spirit and in truth. Soul line up behind and body you line up behind that. And we follow the voice of the Lord that comes from the Holy Spirit that's spoken by Jesus. For we know if we hear from Jesus, we've heard from the Father. For you and the Father, Jesus, are one. You said it. We believe it. And that settles it. Thank you for intimacy coming at a new level for us on an individual basis as well as a corporate basis. It's in Jesus' name we release a fresh measure of the voice of the Lord, visitations of angels, songs in the night, the still small voice as we wake in the morning you speak in our ear, dreams and visions of the night, glimpses in the Spirit that we can clearly hear and grant us wisdom that we might know what to do with it. Properly getting revelation, interpretation with application. We declare it as so right now in the name that's above every other name. The name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth who came in the flesh. We declare it so. And those in agreement said, Amen. And amen. This has been another powerful teaching by David Harabedian. For additional resource material, visit the shop link at davidharabedian.com.